The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. <laughs> or you got a bag around that yeah. I can maybe spend some time on? <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta cut at it. I got to cut at it. <laughs> Welcome to, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Bag edition. Yeah, man. We're talking about cutting up with the bag. <laughs> I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Oh, yeah. It's bag day. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> man, I need to get my glutes soaring. We're talking about a punching bag. Yes, a punching bag that is here in the studio. And I want to hit it. Yeah, I hit it sometimes. Mostly I just kind of kick at it. See, that's kind of fun. Yeah. You're trying to think of like someone you already got down, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're kicking them in the side. Mm-hmm. Just get out all, get out the aggression. Yeah, my dad used to throw melons into uh, a pond and then shoot them with a gun. Uh, and he said that he would imagine who he was shooting. That's a waste of melons. <laughs> that's what I oh, think. Oh, no, you don't eat those melons. Oh, what kind of melons are they? Oh, fucking rag melons. Oh, rag melons. You didn't say they were rag melons. <laughs> no, they're not watermelons. Oh, okay. Can't eat these melons. Oh, okay. Was yeah. it like a cantaloupe? It's worse that you can't eat Oh, is eat it a it. honeydew? <laughs> Everyone hates a honeydew. I don't think I... I hate cantaloupe. I'm not a cantaloupe fan either. Um, My mom loves a cantaloupe. And she's just like gush into it with her teeth and be like, so juicy. So, and like, I just watch it and like, you know what? I'm never going to eat a cantaloupe. <laughs> well, today, uh, well, good news for, for me, I have uh, come out of the depression that I've been in for the last two and a half months. Hurrah! Hurrah! I always like to wait at least a week afterwards to say officially like, okay, yes. It's gone. It's gone. Like, Or at least it's at bay. Uh, at this point. Yeah, I've been going through a bit of a depression for the last two and a half months since about uh, mid-December, something like that. Um, And I don't know if it was just a gloomy Gus winter or what. There was some shit going on in my life that I'd rather not go into. You have a downtime usually at the beginning of every year. Yeah, I almost... No, now that that I think about it, I have a downtime at the beginning of every year and Mm -hmm. have for my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ramp up to it here, you know? I I get depression and then ramp up to it. Uh, But over the last couple weeks, like just there have been, there's just been shit like piling on, like one thing after another. Like it was like the, you know, the tour being postponed, the last podcast tour being postponed. I lost my apartment that I've uh, been living in for like two years. I lost that. I have to move and all kinds of other shit. And then finally, when I lost the apartment, I ran fresh out of hex. Uh, that's Marcus's <laughs> new phrase. It's my new catchphrase. Because I, I saw a picture on the internet of a little smiley face, and he was shrugging his shoulders and rolling his eyes, and he just said, "Fresh out of hex." <laughs> I don't give a heck. Uh, oh, he's fresh out of hex, <laughs> and it makes me feel good because it's it's so dumb and it's so goofy that it takes the air out of all of those problems. 
It's not like it's just like, yeah, I, don't ju- I just don't give a fuck anymore, man. Like, fuck all this. It's just, you know what? I'm just fresh out of hex. Fresh hex. out of hex. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes life a little goofier, a little funner, you know, or a little more fun. It's not, you know, so bad as all that. No, that's why I've been saying I'm living in Vienna, Jackie. <laughs> because I smile every time I say it. <laughs> I laugh every time you say I, it. I love it. I, I just think it's so much fun. I have been. I'm living La Vida Jackie right now, man. <laughs> and I'm fresh out of Hex. That's great. Together, we are just, we're dominating, man. <laughs> we are fucking dominating. And I think what, the thing that finally, that completely pulled me out is that last week, about like last Wednesday, I was starting to feel a little bit better. It was a couple days after I lost the apartment, and I'm starting to feel like just a little bit better. And then on Saturday, the cowmen had a gig at this place called Black Bear, which used to be called Public Assembly, which used to be called Galapagos. And me and you both have some great firsts at Galapagos. You, Murder Fist, that was the first place that y'all had a show, right? Yeah. Here in New York City, y'all had a residency there. Oh, yeah. And me, it was the first uh, music show that I ever saw in New York City. Hell, yeah. Uh, this fucking band called Hungry Marching Band. That was a big fucking marching band. And interestingly enough, I ended up buying the bass drum that I play in the cowman from a guy in the hungry marching band off the street. Interesting. He was selling all of his stuff. Yikes. <laughs> so their band went well, is what you're saying. Oh, but well, I think they still actually march in the uh, Coney Island Mermaid Parade. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think they still do that, but he had left the band. Are they still hungry? <laughs> Maybe they should eat a hot dog. They're always hungry. I just imagined them all eating hot dogs while they play. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. Yeah. So it was a good, like, and this show was like, it was a real good, like, return. Uh, for me to play this show. And I w- we were asked to play this show uh, by a friend of mine that I've known for like eight years, something like that. One of the first friends I made in New York City. And he was uh, essentially the band leader in the very first band that I played drums in in New York City. And I got kicked out. Uh, it was pretty much a decision made by the full band. But I got kicked out of the band for not being good enough. And you know what? Totally fine. I probably should have been kicked out. That wasn't the right type of drummer for them. But there's still just that little bit, just that little thing that you're just like... It's tinkling at you. Fuck you. Tinkling at you. Like that just like little thing. Yeah, that just kind of digs into your brain just a little bit. It just kind of tickles at that lizard brain where you're just like... I'll fucking show you. I'll fucking show you someday. And it's not I'll, something that you like live with every day. But no, it's of course not. Like- it's more like a, I'll fucking show you. I'll show you. Because there have been plenty of times in my life where I have fucked up, but the person that I fucked up with treated me somewhat harshly, yeah. I would say. You know, it's like, okay, yes, I get that I fucked up. I get that I'm not a right fit for this. But you know what? You could give me a little bit more fucking respect than this. Right. Just a little bit more fucking respect. Uh, and so for years, it has been something in the back of my mind, like, I'll fucking show you, because I'll show you is one of the biggest motivating phrases that I have going around in my brain. I'll fucking show you someday. I'll show you. I'm going to get good enough where I'm going to show you. Uh, and it's not necessarily like spiteful towards him or anything, but it's just, you know, a thing. So Saturday night we went... And I'm ha- I've got that in my mind. The I'll fucking show you. I'll fucking show you. And you know what? 
We fucking showed him. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> well, because well, you didn't get into the fact that he was the one that asked you to play the show. Yeah, I mentioned it a, a little bit that he asked yeah. us to play the show. Yeah, and we he asked us to play with his band. Right. And we opened for his band. Uh, and it was definitely a... It was a great, it was a real good moment for me. And it was a good confidence builder for me. It was a fucking great confidence builder. Because I could have easily gone in there and fucked up. I could have easily gone in there and, you know, completely shat the bed as far as the drum performance goes. Or at least what I consider to be shit in the bed. When everyone, everyone else doesn't really notice, but I'm like, wow, that was one of the worst shows I've ever played in my life. But no one else notices anything was wrong. But. I, <laughs> but I went in and I fucking, you know, I, I killed it. The band killed it. And we just all played together really fucking well. Uh, and that is what fully brought me out. Like I woke up the next day and I felt fucking amazing. And I woke up the day after that and I felt amazing. And it's been every day since where I just wake up feeling good. No fear. No uh, worry, no obsessive worry, at least. Yeah, I've got normal human worry, but no obsessive worries. Uh, the normal worst-case scenario thinking that I usually have, the, the worst-case scenario that I can think of is like what could knock me down right now. The worst thing I can think of is uh, someone could die. You know, if someone close to me died, that would knock me down. Uh, if I got hurt very, very badly or someone close to me got hurt very, very badly, that could knock me down. But I'm st I th try to think about like I think about anything else that I've got in my life uh, and I anything that could happen, any bad thing that could happen, I've got a solution for it. Like, um, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, I've got a definite solution for any bad thing that could happen to me, uh, barring death and dismemberment. Uh, so that is a huge fucking thing for me. Hell yeah. That's gigantic. Uh, and who knows if I'm going to be able to hold on to it. I hope I will. I'm going to start practicing chaos magic here pretty soon. Uh, I've already started to get like the like the beginnings of it going and I think that's going to be really helpful helpful for me which you know I was doing that a lot last year mm -hmm. but I'm you know really got the fucking tools now to really fucking get into it uh, so I'm hoping that I can really seize on this moment and seize on these feelings that I have right now and keep them going that's awesome Thank you. Well, that's, you know, I think part of going in and out of, you know, depressions, just normal everyday life is that you really just have to appreciate when you are feeling good. I always think about that Kurt Vonnegut quote. It's like, how rare is it that we look around and say, you know what? If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Exactly. And I take I take the opportunity as much as I can to do that. And I think that everyone should. You know, it's like you're having a good day. If you're able to just sit back and think... Hey, today's really great. Mm. I feel really good today. And, you know, you're right. It's not forever. It's not every single day. It's not, you know, but it is good to acknowledge that, to really embrace it and to take it in because sometimes if you zoom right past it and then all of a sudden you're back into another depression, it's as if it never happened. Exactly. So at least appreciating it when you have it is vital. Well, I think what the pessimist's biggest fear is, uh, is the fall. Uh, because that's kind of been my thing for the longest time is that, you know, if you expect everything to go wrong, then you're not going to be where you're not going to fall when it does go wrong or if it does go wrong. Uh, the higher up you put yourself, the higher you kind of maintain, the farther the fall 
is and the more painful the fall is when it comes. But that's no way to live. No. There's, it's no way to live to live in constant because that's living in fear. That's fucking given in to constant fear because in order to live that way, then you have to live in fear. Um, not to say that you shouldn't have a healthy dose of fear or a healthy dose of worry. Otherwise, you're eventually going to stop paying your rent and get kicked out on the street. Uh, not to say that you shouldn't have that, but living in constant fear is extremely unhealthy and you miss so much. There are so many great things in this world that you miss by living in constant fear. Uh, And I'm going to try my damnedest. You know, of course, I'm going to fall down. Of course, I'm going to go back to that point many times throughout my life. And shit, maybe even many times this month. Uh, But I'm going to try my damnedest to keep that fear at bay. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. All right, well, let's get to our letters for this week. All right. All right. First off, this is kind of a, this is a response to our uh, episode last week uh, in which, you know, Jackie talked about, uh, you know, her grandmother and all the conflicting feelings that she felt about it. This is what the uh, letter says. What? Oh, she's actually written in before her name. We gave her candy corn. That was a fun name. <laughs> possibly in October yeah, when candy, very when candy corn was on the brain. <laughs> Here's what she says. Dear Jackie and Marcus, I've written in you once before and you guys gave me the name Candy Corn. Candy Corn. Things have kind of changed for me because I just got out of a long manic depressive phase. Every time I listen to the podcast, there's always something that resonates with me. It's like, I get you, man. Hell yeah, Fucking get you. So it's always a wonderful pick-me-up, even though I know it will get me thinking about things I don't always want to, which is important. Like in the episode, for example, that I just listened to, I completely understand Jackie. My mom sounds a lot like your grandma. I understand the automatic feelings of guilt that comes with despising a family member you're supposed to love. I'm sure my mom is a textbook narcissist as well as bipolar, undiagnosed, of course. With real narcissism, not only can she not admit she has problems and seek help, she genuinely believes that nothing is wrong with her. She homeschooled me and my four siblings after sending us to a Christian school long enough to make sure we were thoroughly brainwashed into being good little kids. She kept us isolated from the outside world and did her best to break each and every one of us down. I'm not close to any of my siblings, so I even understand her mom's feelings as well. I have chosen for myself to just not be around her anymore. The cliche cut the person from your life for my own mental health was it was the best thing to do. I've accepted the fact that I don't love my mom and that is okay. I don't hate her as she is my mom, so you naturally have weird feelings of connection. I pity her because she is so sick that her own brain won't allow her to get help. At the same time, that doesn't mean I have to pretend like the thing she does is okay and put up with it. If I don't take her side, she denounces me anyway, so we're both okay with not talking. I disagree with Marcus on mental health acceptance being almost there for everyone to find help. People like this with such narcissistic problems may never be able to accept that they need help, especially in Indiana where I hail from. The religious aspect mixed with the already stigmatized against being crazy makes it almost impossible. One of my favorite, most irritating things I heard at church all the time is that there is no such thing as crazy because God will never give you more than you can handle. They explain quote-unquote crazy people as weak, which is how they quote-unquote broke because they didn't believe in the Lord enough. God. <sighs> uh, 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 we'll get it. We'll, we'll get it. Well, hmm. 
So if you grow up conditioned to think you're weak, if you are different, i.e. suck it up, how dare you even think about needing counseling because that means you are failing the test God is giving you. Plus, your own brain convinces you that there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, how could you be wrong? Because you are perfect as God made you. If someone says something against you, they are always wrong. If they say you're crazy, they are wrong. They're the crazy ones because there's nothing wrong with you. So to conclude what went off and turned into a giant rant, we are still far away from getting rid of our preconceived notions of crazy being bad, which only roots the problem of people being able to try and find acceptance, even within themselves, enough so that they can reach out for help. So it's okay to be crazy. It's okay to be different. Candy corn. Very well said. Very, very well said. Like that. That is, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, what I wanted to, and you know what, I... I definitely take your point. Like, I I will take back what I said. Yes, mental health acceptance does have a long way to go in a lot of places in this country and in the world. You know, what I, mostly what I meant is that it's a lot better than what it, it used to be. It's a lot better than it was. But, man, hearing a story like this, like, it really does make you realize how far we have to go with a lot of this shit. I mean, saying... That being crazy. Well, I mean, well, that's a part. That's the problem with these fucking assholes. The whole it's part of God's plan. It's all you know, I was walking down the street the other day and I heard someone say, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And the, my first immediate thought was like, oh, God, what fucking awful thing happened to them this week? Yeah. You know, because it's like it's all part of God's plan. Anything bad bad is a part of God's plan and you just have to accept it and accept yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is this, uh, this just really fucking riles me up. It gets me really fucking angry. It is it is a a huge comforting factor though for a lot of people. Yeah. That's something that they do believe in the rationality that it's all a part of God's plan and that that he wouldn't give them any more than they would be able to handle. And I mean, uh my mother uses that in in positive ways for her of like ways of getting past hard times that she thinks that he wouldn't give them give her more than she can handle however there is a difference between mental illness and believing that god has a plan for you there's complete like my mom sees the difference and like that's how i know where like she was brainwashed that was her i I say brainwashed that's how i feel about a lot of religions Mm -hmm. unfortunately and it, it it just depends on what person it is and how they accept it and how they think of it. And also, what faction of religion that you're in. You know, it's not every religion that, that feels that way. However, being raised, going to Catholic church, that is what it was. And you're right in, May, in saying that there is a difference between looking for rationality in a completely chaotic and random universe and... Blaming a legitimate health problem on, you know, you being too weak or something like that. I mean, it's like it's like fucking saying that you got cancer because you were too weak. You know, it's like saying that you don't need chemotherapy because God will make you better. But the thing is, is that there are fucking people who believe that. Yeah. There are people who actually believe that. There there's a sect of Christianity that doesn't go to the doctor because they believe that God will heal them and anything that has happened to them is part of God's plan and is in fact most likely punishment for something that you have done. Well, that's part of the guilt and that like that you're not praying enough that you're not 
that you don't love God enough, you haven't given yourself enough, and that that you know it's just it forces you into becoming a religious zealot just to overcome your health issues, mm-hmm. which is just it's not going to do anything. I mean, it's exactly what we said. It is comparable to a to cancer. It is comparable to other like health issues that you have no control over. But it just depends on what you want to believe in. This happens at any age. It happens on how you were raised and how much you believe in your religion and what you want to take out of it. Because I, it's hard for me to say, oh, well, they're religious and that's that's why they think that way. Yeah. No, it's exactly what, what Candy Corn was saying is that, no, your, your, your mother has a lot of issues that she doesn't want to deal with. So in hearing all of that being spewed at her in church, she chooses to believe it. And it's hiding behind religion to think of your backward fucking thinking. And it's a hard thing to deal with. And I think that it's amazing that Candy Gordon's able to stop the relationship because it is only negative. It will, and you know that, that it's not right. It's one of the things that I've heard about uh, kids who have narcissistic parents. A lot of the time, because narcissism, as we talked about last week, it is... Uh, extremely difficult to treat because narcissists many times refuse to believe that there's anything wrong with them, so they never even get into the room with somebody that might diagnose them. So a lot of kids of uh, of narcissistic parents do end up cutting ties with their uh, with their parents completely, uh, either with their mother or their father or both. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't think, not necessarily, I mean, I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. I'm very, I think it I'm depends very, on the situation. I'm very conflicted on that sort of thing. Uh, it's a case-by-case basis. Uh, I think some people, they need to do it. Uh, it sounds like for you, Candy Corn, it sounds like you needed to do it. And it sounds like, Ed, I mean, it, it, it sounds like you made the right choice for both of you. It sounds like your mom doesn't want somebody there calling her on her bullshit, which it sounds like that you called her on her bullshit. And there's nothing worse. There's nothing that a narcissist hates more than someone who calls them on their bullshit repeatedly. And in fact, a narcissist will cut that person out of their life. A lot of times the fucking person doesn't even have to worry about cutting the narcissist out of the life. Usually the narcissist will cut them out of their life until they need something. Right. And then when they need something, that's when they'll call them up. Uh, and, that's, you know, when you have to decide for yourself, you know, if you want to continue that or if you want to say fuck off. And, you know, Candy Corn said fuck off. And it's working out great for her, it sounds like. I just think that it, it is scary what people can believe in and how you can change, especially if you're a narcissist going to, like, like going to church and things like that and what you can blame you can blame anything but yourself mm-hmm. and and religion is a really good way to hide to hide from what's actually going on with you yeah i just i mean the whole narcissist thing i i just don't get it at all how somebody could just constantly believe that they're right and that everybody else is wrong i don't get how that's possible like i just do not understand it at it's all. It's chemicals. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not, it's it has I mean, nothing people to do with can't... God's plan, that's for sure. <laughs> it, it is chemicals. Uh, you know, and people don't understand uh, the depression that we go through. Right. Like, they don't understand the anger problems that you have. They don't understand the... Why you can't just stop. Yeah, they don't understand, like, the bipolar thing. Like, why can't you just... 
be happy? Why can't you just calm down? Why can't you just think positive thoughts? And it's, you know, and that I, I believe like that isn't malicious. Like I, if someone doesn't understand, I don't believe that they're being malicious. I, I sincerely believe that they just haven't uh, been educated. And they hadn't had they haven't had to experience it, which honestly sometimes just makes me jealous. God, it makes me so <laughs> jealous. Know? It really does. It, it, it makes me very jealous to think that there are uh, some people that just think. Like they, <laughs> like they just think about stuff. They're not plagued with constant uh, self-doubt and self-hatred. They're not plagued by possibly grow like possibly getting out of control at a moment's notice. They don't have to take medication. They don't have to go to therapy. Like that sort of life, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine living like that. But. On the other hand, it's something that we've talked about, you know, in the past is that while those but while the things that we, uh, you know, that we you know have to deal with, while they don't define us, they do help to make us the people that we are today. Right. You know, and, you know, and the people that we are today, we're not bad. And also thinking of the strength that Candy Corn has found to deal with a mother like that, that, you know, if you do believe in it, maybe it's in God's plan to have given you that strength to yeah. get past to get past your mother, to be able to grow past it, to be able to work on yourself and, and pull yourself out of that hole. And, and and it's hard, it's especially when dealing with your, your mother in the situation that it, that's a curveball. Yeah. It's a life curveball that you... You're in the middle of running those bases, man. You're not, you're not getting out of the park. Yeah. And you're dealing with it, and you're growing, and it's just day by day. But day. Day but day. But day. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to our next letter. Uh, name? Ooh, Salmon Patty. <laughs> I used to love Salmon Patty. I as love a, child. a Salmon Patty. I haven't had a Salmon Patty in years, but I used to love them. Yeah, I don't know when the last time I had a Salmon Patty was, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I like them with ketchup. I like them with mayo and ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jackie and Marcus, before I even start on boosting y'all's egos, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we're going to have to come up with a different one. Why? Because she said that she's a Harry Potter fan. Ooh. So that should help Jackie with naming her. How about Hedwig? Everyone loves Hedwig. He's an owl. <laughs> Hedwig Potter. Because Hedwig would have the last name Potter. Is it Potter? Potter. Hedwig Potter. <laughs> Says, y'all are amazing. Y'all are both my favorite roundtablers. Whoa. Oh, we don't we get never that. get too. that. Yeah, we really don't. Well, thank you. And she said, I can never thank you enough for the time you give up to listen to our crazy problems and all the wonderful advice that y'all give. Okay, now on to my crazy problem. First off, I'm a sophomore in college majoring in IT and have finally realized that I would be happy in this career field. I'm currently working at my local Walmart and I've been working here since July of last year as a clothing sales associate. Also, I live with my grandma and grandpa. All of these are factors and to why I'm writing for the first time. I've recently been getting more stress and having more breakdowns since getting my first job. I feel like I'm rushing to get school assignments finished and that work is interfering with my grades. 
I didn't have to get a job since I'm lucky enough to have a father to pay for my college. I only got a job to help pay my portion of living expenses since I live with my grandparents. I also chose to live with them because my grandmother and I are so much alike. We're both very analytical and logical people who don't let our emotions control us. I look up to her instead of my mother, and she practically raised my brother and me. My dream is to travel the world, just me and her. I just want to put into perspective how much she means to me. You're very sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. Out of all the times I've had a breakdown, which I can safely say has been more than 10, she only knows about one. And when I did tell her about it, she didn't understand why I would break down crying in the bathroom. And her follow-up question was, were you on your period? Maybe this is a little... T- I always have to... Yeah, when someone asks that. that you, have like to, my you, you have to always say, like, were you on your period? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a little TMI, but on this one occasion, the answer was yes. Out of all the times that I've gotten this stressed and started crying, 80% were when I was dealing with hormones. She's never seen me cry or get angry before. Anytime I do get mad at her, I just ignore and go to school early or stay late at school. Anytime I try and tell her I just want to quit, she says that I just need to get over it because all the people I hate at Walmart are going to be at my next job and I should have another job lined up before I quit. I feel like such a wimp for not being able to deal with a part-time job in full-time school since plenty of other people do it, but I'm tired of crying every time I can't get an assignment turned in because I have to go to work or feeling that I won't make it with an IT career and that I should just quit school and stay at Walmart. It seems hopeless to try and further my education if I'm just going to fail and end up a loser with with a useless degree. I know this is a lot of information, but my question is this. Should I quit my job to find another without having another job ready to go or suck it up and deal with a demon known as Walmart? Thank you so much and hail yourselves. Hedwig. First of all, don't quit school. Don't stay at Walmart. No, 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 Yes. <laughs> not that there's, you know, any, not that there's anything wrong with having a job at Walmart. You are on your way to a career that you love. You feel like you would be very happy in IT and IT, you can get a job doing that. Like that is actually a pretty damn good career field to go into right now. So first of all, you've got a career that is useful that you are happy with. That is so amazingly fucking rare you don't even know like that is so ridiculously rare uh and you know some people can work at walmart and they are perfectly happy with it and they're perfectly fine with uh with being there and there's not a single goddamn thing wrong with that but you do not want to be a clothing sales associate you have a job that gives you panic attacks because that's what you're having in case you you know in case you didn't know you are having panic attacks you have you say you've had 10 breakdowns You've had 10 panic attacks. Uh, this job is giving you panic attacks. I think you can get an internship. I think that there are a lot of, uh, especially you are learning IT. You said you're a sophomore, so you got a year under your belt. Start drafting up a resume. Start working on your resume. Stay at Walmart. Start sending out those resumes. Mm-hmm. Get You take that part another part-time job that you're going to add onto your schedule which you can take care of is sending out those resumes mm-hmm. to jobs and something that is even remotely cl- closer to the career you want to be in because the thing is at the end of the day that if you keep the job and you're working towards getting another job that you won't have panic attacks about because you're a- you'll actually be happy to go there because you'll either be learning something new or it'll be just something closer to what you want to work in and you'll notice that the panic attacks will go away eventually if you mm-hmm. get a job like that, or if you're just just working towards the goal that you're already working towards. And then the amount of work 
won't seem like you're underneath, like you're drowning because it will all be things that you want to be doing. And we are all capable of handling that much work if they're all things that you want to be doing. That's the difference is like going to a job that you fucking hate that gives you panic attacks and that you can't get your assignments in and all that stuff. That's what creates a panic attack. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got a lot of different factors right now that are creating panic attacks in your life, and you've got to start the process of purging those factors. You can't do it in a day. Don't expect it to do it in a day. But And it's going to take a while. You've got to be patient with this. Panic attacks is something you have to be very patient with. Yes. It's not something that you can think, and it's like, okay, well, the next time I have a panic attack, I know how to deal with it. No. It's like, no. It's like the next time you have a panic attack... Make sure that you have tools to help you deal with it better because that's all you can do. Maybe do a little bit better than the time you did before. And if you don't, don't worry about it. Try again next time. Uh, And as far as trying to get out of this job, you say that you're not paying for college, which is that's fucking awesome. You know, that's uh, very lucky for you to have. Uh, You're just living with your grandparents and helping with living expenses. Um it could be a possibility where you might, you know, talk to your uh, your grandparents and ask them, like, hey, do you think maybe I can pay a little bit less so I can start saving up money? Uh, and then maybe you could build yourself a little bit of a cushion, you know, and maybe you would be able to quit your job before you find something else if you build up just a little bit of a cushion for yourself. And when I say cushion, I mean something that would last a good three months. Right. You know, like not like a two-week cushion or anything like that. You might have to save up. Uh, But that's just, that's another thing that you can do to make yourself feel better. Like you can feel better. It's like I'm doing that little thing because it's making yourself feel better is a lot of little things. And that's, I think, a little thing that you could possibly do. If you are paying, if you're helping with living expenses with your grandparents and you're all hanging by a thread uh, and you're just barely, all of you are just barely making living expenses, then that is not an option. But if you're just kind of, but if you're just doing it because you feel like you should, then maybe ask if you can maybe give a little bit less. Yeah. That's possible. And also, you know, it's completely understandable that that if your grandmother's never experienced these kind of attacks before, that that no one she doesn't really understand. It's nothing against you. And now that you're able to at least kind of put a little label on what's go- going on with you, that there are ways to deal with it. I mean, it's just breathing and trying to get yourself under control. I try to, like, stay in, in – I put myself in a bathroom. I, I get away from everything to put everything in perspective. And then afterwards, I usually write down in my journal of what I think sparked it, of what happened when I started – when my breathing started to become irregular. What, so when you start finding your own triggers, if you're not able to talk to somebody on campus, if you're not able to actually talk through these stress factors in your life with – a therapist or just or or someone counselor on a counselor campus. on yeah, campus yeah. which i would recommend if you're able to do that but if if it's something that you need to deal with on your own because you seem to have everything under control yeah it's just that finding those triggers it, it does help at least being able to identify it's like okay when i start doing this that's when i start to have one of my breakdowns mm-hmm. 
And then you're able to, I mean, you can't avoid all those things, but you can learn to become aware of those factors and just kind of try and stay away from it or just know that that's what's about to happen and you take it minute by minute. Yeah. And I think you need to really talk to your grandmother more about your panic attacks. I think you need to sit her down and I think you need to talk to her because it sounds like you have an amazing relationship where you guys can, you know, talk about just about anything. I think you need to sit her down and just say, like, I need you to understand this. Like, I need you to understand what's going on with me right now. Explain it the absolute best that you can. Uh, and I think that will help you out a lot because I mean it's possible even part of your panic attacks come from I don't want to disappoint my grandma right you know I think that that's probably a big part of it so if you help her to understand what's going on with you then I think the fear that you're going to disappoint her might you know be alleviated just a little bit I think you're doing a great fucking job, though. You're doing a fucking great job. It's you're a hard transition. It, yeah. I mean, it, you're you're in a in in quite a fulcrum of life, and, and it, it it's hard to deal with all of that. And you're doing a fucking great job. Mm-hmm. And you have the support system there. You know, just again, if you talk to your grandmother, if you're able to do that, and and you want to do that, it would probably help a lot because she seems like she's a really fucking great net for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say she's very analytical and rational and things like that. Then find an analytical and rational way to explain it to her. But that's also a good way to do it when you're not in the middle of a panic attack. Don't do it in your you middle. Know, of, that's, no, do not do it when you're in the middle of a panic attack or when you're even feeling close to one. Like yeah. Find like a good time. It's like, hey, you know, I want you to... You know, remember when that thing happened a while back? I want to talk to you about that. Like, I want to talk to you about, like, just calmly now that I'm more in my right mind. I mean, now that I'm more, uh, I guess. Now more calm. More calm. Yeah, yeah. Just a, a lot more calm. Like, I want to sit down and talk about it. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to talk about it, like, rationally and analytically, you know, use metaphors. Use similes. Uh, rational people love that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's something, it is not within your control. No. I mean, I mean that that's the biggest that's the biggest thing to explain. It's not something that it's not just being upset about something. Panic attacks are are out of your control. Yeah. And there's nothing it it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. And I think it helped you a lot if uh, you helped her to understand that. Yep. Oh, that's all we got for today. If you've got a letter for us or if you've got a question uh, or if you want to comment on anything we've talked about today, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is where you send the email. Uh, And be sure to go to iTunes and rate and review and get more people to listen to the show. Uh, And we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Living, loving, and jacking. Fresh out of hex. (laughs) 